if you could build a business in the modern world as big or as small as you want without having to compromise the things that were the most important to you in the very beginning? This is the Wealthy Consultant Talks podcast with Taylor Welch and Mike Walker, as they share with you today their learning lessons from stories in their experiences over the past 10 to 15 years and share with you right here, right now. Let's get into it. Creativity comes from culture. True? Make sense? Advancement comes from creatively solving complex problems. Uh, when, when you study flow state, so your employees, you want to get them into flow state as, as much as possible. Flow state is when you have fast feedback loops and then the goals that are trying to be uh, achieved are beyond their current ability to achieve. So when you, when you get this, you can read through this entire thing. The best thing that you can create from a philosophical standpoint, if you're a T1 or a T2, T1 is your CEO, decision makers, um, C-suite, T2 would be managers. The best thing that you can do to create flow is to put somebody into a position where they do not have enough time or resources to solve the problem that they're trying to solve. So you, you want your team to be slightly understaffed. If you're overstaffed, then you actually suck the creativity out of the staff because there's no constraint. You're gonna solve problems the easy way. Does it make sense? So you have to engineer your team so that they're solving problems the right way rather than the easy way. So you want an environment where people have almost enough time to hit deadlines, but not quite enough time. Now this flies, this is not classical. You're not gonna really read this. This is startup material. Now let's be honest, like the people teaching, <laughs> the pe people teaching in college have never run a business. So they're, they're teaching you principles that are based um, on a intellectual understanding rather than actually being in the weeds of the business. So my philosophy of management is, is I want people to have flow state, which means you set a big target, you take the timelines, and you create tension between the target and the timelines. Just like in the gym, that tension creates growth, okay? As a founder, and this is, this is very, this is dense, so we're not gonna like spend enough time to really go through every single thing in this playbook, but how many of you would say you're a type A personality? Do you, Bijel's definitely a type, <laughs> definitely a type A. How many of you would say that you enjoy control? The thing, with, the thing with building teams is you're going to lose control. So you have to prepare for that. Like you have to pre prepare for this dichotomy of in building a team, I have to work through other people that could really mess up the organization. Somebody in this room actually hired someone and um, they mentioned about two weeks after they hired the person that that person has already replaced them from the business. And so there's a balance here between the ability to, to, to give up control and then give people enough time to actually do the job effectively. So Beagle and I were talking about this on the call. You wanna have about six months of onboarding time for people because it is risky to bring people into an organization and give them autonomy and decision-making power 
if they are not properly onboarded into the culture. And here's the thing about A players. An A player doesn't want to change the organization usually in the first six months, unless the organization's on fire, and then they will. But most of the, most of the people that you're hiring are gonna take several months to learn the culture and how to navigate through the culture. So back to the dichotomy of, of being a, building a team. You're gonna have to get to the place where you give up control, but you at the same time teach people how to think because doing the job well is more of an issue of thinking than it is an issue of doing. You guys know the T1, T2, T3. We're usually going to find, this is how I build businesses, I'm gonna find a T1 first. T1 is your decision maker. So I don't go into businesses with the group of T T3s, which is a group of laborers. I don't do that. I always find a T1 who can duplicate me and go out and do the decision-making necessary to build the rest of the team. Make sense? Yep. Another thing that's gonna be really, really difficult is the temptation, and we're all, we're all in philosophy right now, so we haven't gotten into the weeds, this is a super high level, but this is written for this crew, is the temptation to hire really talented people and then tell them how to do their job. So that's also something you have to watch out for. Every founder has a lane. Like there, there, I know it's hard to hear this as a founder, but there are things you're not good at. You have to believe and internalize that. You're not good at everything. True? Some of y'all are like, oh, <laughs> So you, you hire people who you hire people to do the things that you're not great at doing and then tell them how to do the things you're not good at doing. It kind of creates this weird culture, right? So a constant, constant conversation. Jason was just with me yesterday and I am uh, being disobedient. And he's like, I can't believe you're doing this. I'm literally like going in and changing stuff in circle. I can't believe you're doing this. I'm like, I'm not supposed to be doing this. Then Dane walks in and he's like, where's the memo? Oh, I'm behind on the, on the memo. And it was a great demonstration. It was like, oh, cool. Taylor is violating his own teaching. And he's got really, really good tech people. And then he's doing tech. He's not good at doing tech. You're always going to, it's just always going to be a pattern that you have to watch out for. So this is a, stay in your lane. And when you stay in your lane, you're going to have something called disconnection anxiety. Write it down. Disconnection anxiety is when you lose touch with the decisions that are being made and therefore you feel anxious. And if, you're, if you have, here's the problem, if you have high intuition and your gut is pretty good and dialed in, like most founders have good intuition, true? Like this is how they made what they made, is they can feel it. This is the problem is disconnection anxiety will fool your intuition into thinking, I need to get involved here. And it's not actually your gut, it's your anxiety because you've relinquished control over something. So you just gotta know it's coming. You know, I, I set proper expectations with the Zoom recording. I said, it's, it's garbage. So you're gonna watch it and be like, this wasn't that bad, why? Because the differential between the expectation and the real thing has been level set. You need to expect that you're gonna freak the hell out when you bring A players in and relinquish control and you're constantly going to be wondering if they have done the job correctly or not. This is real stuff. Nobody's talking about this in books. 
because most of the people who wrote the books don't have any staff. It's hilarious. So, yes. So what's the difference between onboarding, where you don't like, let them go, and relinquishing control? Onboarding for the first six months, I want to make sure somebody has my thinking. So a lot of our meetings after the three or four month mark, it's a lot of me asking questions. What do you think we should do? And eventually we get past, when we get into the weekly agenda setting, you'll see like people are telling me what they think before I get an opportunity to tell them what I think. And if there's a major disconnect there from, a, from like a, a infrastructure level, we'll fix it. But if it's just that they do something differently than me, then I'll let them do it. Make sense? All right, so you guys are familiar with, um, with the departments, right? You know what a different, uh, finance is a different department than sales, obviously. So you can take the cornerstone departments, let's call it marketing, sales, finance, operations. If you get into a really big tech environment, you've got product development that kind of is in there. So, but let's just take four for the purposes of a training, consulting, education business. We have marketing, sales, ops, Marketing, sales, great. Then you take the, the Rubik's Cube and you flip it to the side and you have T1, okay. And T1 can be a marketing T1, uh, sales T1, ops T1. We have, to, we have to like get this super in our DNA because people all the time are like, who should I hire? It's like, well, you have four departments, and then there are like three levels of, of T. Like this, you need to get this like second, second nature. So raise your hand right now if you have a T1 in marketing. <clears throat> Great. Raise your hand if you have a T3 in sales. How many of you have salespeople? Raise your hand. All of you have T3s in sales. So this second nature. You get it kind of, a T3 is a laborer. There's somebody who... Typically, they're on variable compensation. They're not on a fixed level compensation or they're product, project specific or they're retainer based. How many of you have a T2 in operations? This will be a manager, somebody. So by the end of the playbook, if you really go through it, you, you, this will be muscle memory. Like I have a T1 here, these departments T3. A properly staffed org chart is an org chart that is staffed specifically for the size and goals of the organization. So not everyone needs T3s or not everyone needs a T1 in every department. You wanna honor the revenue per head with the org chart. There again, we have tension. You'll notice this again and again that I believe in creating max tension everywhere. This is a good thing. Because if you do not have tension, you have no torque. There's no speed without tension. There's no innovation without tension. And so we're constantly aligning the organization so that there's a little bit more to do than everybody can feasibly get done. And there's not quite enough time to hit certain deadlines because if you're hitting 100% of your deadlines, you're not setting good goals. If everything's green all the time, you're not gonna compete with me or Google or Elon or anyone. Does this make sense? This is an ethos, you just gotta get it in your blood. Because sometimes it's like, we feel the stress of like, I feel like we're understaffed, good. You have to define what that means. And if you're ever overstaffed, 
you are going out of business. It's just a matter of time. Make sense?